gratitude to Miss Oprah Winfrey, who has given our children's book of Proverbs the first stamp for her book club that any children's book has ever received. Hey everyone, I'm Bianca Schultz from the Children's Book Review, and this is the Growing Readers Podcast. In this episode, I talk with noted anthropologist and educator, Dr. Jonetta Betch-Cole and award-winning illustrator, Nelda Latif, about their picture book, African Proverbs for All Ages, a Roaring Book Press and Oprah book. Just wait until I tell you about these two phenomenal women. Dr. Cole is a native of Jacksonville, Florida. She grew up during the days of racial segregation. She holds a BA in sociology from Oberlin College and master's and doctorate degrees from Northwestern University. Dr. Cole has conducted anthropological fieldwork in Liberia, West Africa, and traveled to 17 African countries. She is the only person to have served as president for both Spelman and Bennett Colleges, she was also the director of the Smithsonian National Museum of African Art from 2009 to 2016. Dr. Cole serves as the chair of the board and the president of the National Council of Negro Women, an organization with a membership of over 2 million women of African descent. Throughout her career, she has worked on issues of race, gender, and other systems of inequality. Nelda Latif is the award-winning author and illustrator of The Hunter and the Ebony Tree, Animal Village, and The Talking Baobab Tree. She grew up in a U.S. Foreign Service family and spent her childhood attending schools in Europe, Africa, and Asia. She has traveled throughout West Africa conducting field research and has even been to the fabled city of Timbuktu. She holds a degree in social anthropology from Harvard University. Nelda lives in Virginia with her family, where she enjoys traveling, tennis, and cycling. Weather permitting, Nelda tries to bike 9 to 10 miles and hike 2 miles along the river daily. Once her battery is charged, only then can she sit down for long periods of work. Before we dive into this thought-provoking conversation, here's the synopsis for African Proverbs for All Ages. African Proverbs for All Ages is a beautifully illustrated, engaging picture book about the power of proverbs, how they evolve over time, and the wisdom of various cultures in Africa. Dr. Cole and Nelda Latif invite children and adults to explore and reflect on complex notions about relationships, identity, society, and the human condition. Dr. Cole states, it has been said that a proverb is a short sentence based on long experience. Whether you are young or old, proverbs can open your mind to a whole new way of seeing the world. We underestimate children when we assume they are incapable of understanding metaphor and deeper meaning. There are multiple ways that children learn, 
But for each method by which they learn, they need their imagination engaged and their visual sensibilities ignited. And as adults, we underestimate ourselves when we allow our lives to be about practical matters only. Proverbs can stir our soul and spark our imagination. Nelda Latif and Dr. Cole, I am so honored to have you because I was very lucky to join a virtual meet and greet that was hosted by Macmillan Kids. And that's when I was introduced to your incredible picture book, African Proverbs for All Ages. And while you were talking, I had goosebumps and I knew that I wanted the Growing Readers podcast listeners to get to hear you both speak. So I just want to start by thanking you for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having us. And we are thrilled to be here. Oh, wonderful, Nelda. But I just need to say, Bianca Schultz, we've been counting down for this moment. Oh, thank you, Dr. Cole. Well, just from reading both of your dedications in the front of the book, I know that you hope that readers will be inspired to learn, think, question, dream, and grow wiser as they ponder the meanings of the sayings in your book. And Proverbs have been described as short sentences based on long experience. So essentially, they're little nuggets of wisdom developed over time from the human experience. And I thought I'd start by asking if you, Nelda, would share why you believe that self-proclaimed quote nerds like me are drawn to Proverbs. That's an interesting question. I, I think that Proverbs just really capture a wisdom and it's encapsulated in briefly and in such a memorable way. I think Proverbs really help us uh, get our thoughts across in a very succinct and sort of magical way. Dr. Cole, do you have anything that you'd like to add why you think people are drawn to Proverbs? Well, first of all, let's acknowledge that Proverbs are not the exclusive possession of the people on the African continent. We're talking about something that is universally done, appreciated, and I would even say we are talking about something that helps each of the people of the world to understand better their human condition, and even to connect with human conditions worldwide. So sometimes we call them sayings, sometimes we call them aphorisms, but what people doesn't have a saying? And so my dearest sister friend, Melda Latif and I are just, we're beyond honored. We're so full of joy to be able to share some of our favorite proverbs from the continent of Africa. You wrote something that I thought was really wonderful, and I'm just going to read it here. You said, when words fail, nothing is more impactful or rewarding than being able to quote an appropriate proverb to get your message across. And you said, it is said, a wise person who knows Proverbs can reconcile differences. And I loved the way you put that down in writing. It was, I, I, I think that summed it up so well. 
Well, well, that quote comes from uh, uh, Dr. Cole's uh, uh, introduction to our book. And I really think that uh, a great proverb uh, is one that expresses in a succinct and direct way an unexpected truth that grabs your attention and makes you think, wow. And your first thought really is, I, I, remember, I need to remember this and you want to write it down somewhere. Absolutely. Okay. So with all of this in mind, let's start at the very conception of the idea for this book. So it's important to note that African Proverbs for All Ages is the first children's book with the Oprah book stamp. And Nelda, I read in the acknowledgements that the idea for this book was hatched over a cup of tea. So will you take us all back into that moment and share the conversation that you had with Dr. Cole? Well, I actually, I was going to uh, present Dr. Cole with a book that I had written earlier based on African or oral tradition. And uh, she had been kind enough to uh, write about uh, a blurb for the book. And during uh, our visit, uh, we discovered that we shared a mutual admiration for African proverbs. And on the spot, we decided to collaborate on, on a children's picture book on the subject. Um, and we agreed that we would pull our favorite proverbs together. Uh, Dr. Cole would write the preface for the book and I would do the illustrations. And it was this bond and teamwork uh, that propelled our book onward. Uh, Dr. Cole's favorite word is onward. We were always eager to get together to discuss the new proverbs and unveil the latest illustrations I had completed. And Dr. Cole's enthusiasm for the art and the proverbs and her keen eye and depth of knowledge and generosity of spirit uh, made working on this book a truly joyful experience. And we were always so excited uh, when we came up with a new proverb that we both loved. And we were always on the same wavelength regarding Proverbs. So, th so the book's premise is that each of the 16 double page spreads includes a piece of your stunning artwork, Nelda, and then it features four different Proverbs. So each of the sayings are connected to the artwork somehow, but readers will get to guess which one best captures the essence of the picture. And so I think this concept is absolutely genius in that it sets readers up for a conversation and helps them to take a deeper look at the meanings of each proverb. So Dr. Cole, do you want to speak about the, the concept and how it helps open the eyes of young readers to see the world in a new way? Well, I want to give full credit to my dear, and I've got to put it this way, award-winning illustrator, collaborator, Nelda Latif, because the work that she does insists that she think about how children receive information, how they learn. And I would even say, using an African proverb, how they teach, because she who learns must teach and she who teaches must learn. And so Nelda wanted for this book to be genuinely interactive. And it was her idea that a child or the child inside of an adult should in fact be so engaged with these African proverbs that they would say now, hmm, while each of these proverbs could certainly be used in connection with this illustration, 
in my view, which is the best one? And so I'm convinced that this is one of the strongest features of our children's book. Absolutely. I love that it's not just African proverbs or African proverbs for kids. I love that it's African proverbs for all ages because I really enjoyed personally sitting with my children and going over it and the discussions that came up over the different proverbs, what their meaning was. And, and uh, you know, my kids blew me away, actually, with some of their responses. And so I love that this book will affect adults uh-huh. and children as well. I love that feature of the book so much. Well, we really love the fact the art makes uh, the, the viewer really have to spend time and analyze the, the, the picture and try to figure out which proverb are we trying, are we narrating in that illustration? And I think this approach invites readers to really analyze each proverb and, and own it. In the back of our book, uh, linguist uh, Alessope Oyeleran observed, the genius of African proverbs for all ages is that each stunningly eloquent panel offers a teachable moment. And in this regard, this gem of a book leads readers of all ages, of all lands and climes towards a shared understanding. Uh, I love that description. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I do too. I mm-hmm. do too. So either Nelda or Dr. Cole, w- will you tell us about actually collecting these proverbs, where you found them all, and how you decided which ones to include in this book? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the process of falling in love with proverbs, which preceded our collecting, happened at different times, on different days, in different countries, as Nelda Latif and I had the privilege of working on the continent of Africa. So in many ways, this book was conceived years ago. For me, I can date it. It was 1962. 1962, when I did my field work, I wanted to be an anthropologist, a cultural anthropologist. You gotta do field work if your area of interest and specialization is Africa and the African diaspora. So living for two years in Liberia, and then over the years having the privilege, and I did count it up, I have actually had the privilege of being in 17 of the 54 African countries. You just can't go to the continent. I don't care how much you're spending your time in an urban area or enjoying being in a village. You are going to hear proverbs. And I hope Nelda will talk a little bit about her first experiences on the continent. So that's when we fell in love with Proverbs. As we came together, it was really a very, I would say, precious and powerful expression of women's collaboration. As each of us brought our favorites, as we had to decide, well, we've got too many of these kind and not enough of that, we collaborated. It wasn't a question of of one of us having, in quotes, the final say. It was 
that we wanted each of the selections to genuinely feel right, good, reflective of the genius of African proverbs. So Nelda, say a little bit about your very early and ongoing engagement with the African continent, the only place on earth from which every one of us humans has descended. Uh, I grew up in a, a U.S. Foreign Service family, and uh, we, and it's no surprise that one of my favorite proverbs uh, in our book happens to be, a traveling leaves you speechless and then turns you into a storyteller. Uh, and that's exactly what happened to me. Growing up, uh, we spent time, we lived in Niger and Nigeria and Senegal. And that background uh, just uh, has informed all of my uh, my writings and my illustrations. Uh, it sort of transforms you when you travel. Another a Kenyan proverb is traveling is learning. Uh, and it gives you a broad frame of reference and understanding and appreciation for human differences as you become familiar with diverse cultures. While in Niger, we used to uh, go out into the bush and uh, just out of the capital, Niamey, uh, you would encounter a giraffe's wandering. And so we enjoyed going to see the giraffes. And on the way back, I would st we would stop at a village where one of my friend's grandfather lived. And uh, the village was a Zarma village. And uh, there was an elderly woman who was, would sit under a, a acacia tree and she would uh, be selling chiclets and we'd stop and buy some chiclets. And it turned out she was the village griot and she would tell us stories. And I didn't speak Zarma, but my friends did. And on the way back, they would translate into French because that was our common language, uh, what she had said. And I would take notes. And it was many years later when I <clears throat> went through these old boxes and I came across those notes and I thought, wow, this is a wonderful source uh, for, for children's books. And there's something powerful about hearing the story, the, the stories firsthand, even when you don't understand the language. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I, I know not everybody gets the privilege to travel in their life. And so this is why the magic of books is, well, I just think why books are so magic is because either through travel, you become a storyteller, just as the proverb says, and the proverb you just mentioned, Nelda, so through traveling, we become storytellers, but through reading, we also become travelers and through the stories, we become travelers. And so I just want to take a moment to just really honor how how your book shares the wisdom of Africa's diverse people and cultures. 
And I think it's really important to note, and and Dr. Cole, I think when I was listening to you way back months ago in that meet and greet, you made the point of pointing out that Africa is a continent. Africa is not the country. And I have to say, as a child who grew up uh, in Australia, well, it's the oceanic continent, right? And so for me, I thought Africa was a country when I was young. And so I love that your book is going to make sure that children will read realize that because in the back matter, there's the um, the map of Africa and all of the 54 individual countries are labeled in there. Um, so I just wanted to take a moment to honor that part of your book. It's an important point that you're making. It's a very important point. You know, we should not like chastise ourselves overly for having misinformation. But when the correct information is available and we don't take advantage of it, then we really do need to think, hmm, why do we consistently do that? And while I'm sure, Bianca, there are stereotypes and more stereotypes and misinformation about the land from which you come, about Australia, I can certainly say, and my sister friend Nelda will agree with me, that it's time for us to get rid of misinformation and stereotypes. And so without being preachy, without just inviting readers to sit down for a boring lecture about Africa, we think that this book of Proverbs for all ages will actually correct so much misinformation and indeed stereotypes about the diverse peoples of the 54 countries that make up what we now call Africa. Yeah, so beautifully said. Uh, so I have a actual call in that I am going to play for you. It is a child that has had the opportunity to uh, read your book ahead of the release date. So I am going to press play. Hi, my name is Lola and I'm nine years old. My favorite proverb was probably only once you have carried your own water, will you learn the value of every drop? And I'm wondering what your favorite proverb was in the book. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> How in the world? Nelda, Nelda, you've got to answer so I can have a minute. Oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. Please go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> well, actually, that is so interesting because that is actually one of my favorite proverbs. Uh, and that's why I chose to illustrate it because uh, I really... Uh, obviously, she she saw the illustration, and I think uh, the essence of that proverb is communicated in the glance of the girl in the foreground, uh, who who looks at us in a rather reproachful way, as if to say, "Only once you have carried your own water will you learn the value of every drop." Uh, as you see these uh, amazing women walking, because women and young girls carrying water is, is a very common sight in the African countryside. So I did this illustration where I tried to capture the strength, the beauty, and the determination of African women and children 
as they carry water long distances along barren stretches uh, under a hot sun. But I think also one of my favorite ones is if you think you have someone eating out of your hands, it is a good idea to count your fingers, a, Niger <laughs> a Nigerian proverb. <laughs> oh, th thank you for s stating that it was a Nigerian proverb because I just want to go back to when, when we were talking about Africa in, in the back matter, you have shared which proverbs you chose to illustrate and that's all included in the back and where possible you've included the country that that proverb originated from so i loved that aspect so i'm glad you i glad i'm glad you just mentioned that well i've already given you one of my favorite proverbs and thank you to the special 9 year old who posed the question and it's this she who learns must teach and she who teaches must learn. I love that proverb, surely in part because I'm a teacher. For many years, you would have called me a professor because I taught on the college and university level, but professor is just a fancy word for being a teacher. And what's so important to me about this proverb, it breaks the line that is drawn between this group of people who teach and this group of people who learn. And it says, you know what? Teachers need to keep learning. In fact, all adults need to keep learning. And guess what? Students, nine years old, eight years old, seven, six, five, four, three, they can teach as well because each of us, each of us human beings has the ability to both learn and to share what we've learned. And since my dear, dear collaborator Nelda gave two favorite proverbs, here's my other one. Well, at least one of many. A single bracelet does not jingle. There's so many African proverbs that make this same point. It's the point that collaboration, that working together is so important. Ah, hear, hear. What I love about Dr. Cole is that she's not only an eloquent speaker, but she is also an equally eloquent listener. And she is always in the moment and she and she is constantly learning. And that's what she has really shared with me. Absolutely. I think that's why when I listened to both of you speak months ago, I, I think that's what I felt. I loved both of you are so eloquent in your responses and so thoughtful. And that's that comes across in your book. I want to bring up a little quote here because I think it, I think it's a pretty fun one. And I was lucky enough to spot Nelda's kitty cat in the background right before we started chatting today. So the quote is, when the mouse laughs at the cat, there is a hole nearby. <laughs> will, one, will one of you speak to that quote for me? Nelda, you've got to respond. This proverb provides a punchy and rather picturesque way of saying, if you plan on stirring up trouble, in this case, by the mouse drinking from the cat's bowl, you had better have an exit strategy. As for the cat in the illustration, my family insisted I feature our cat Pippin, 
who you spotted earlier behind me. Besides being adorable, Pippin's qualifications include a proven track record as a mouse chaser, mind you, not a mouse hunter, but a mouse chaser. Because after cornering the mouse, she leaves it all up to us to assist the mouse out the door with a butterfly net. Uh, about the layout of the illustration for this proverb, I want to point out that uh, in the foreground, where I painted receding wood floor planks to create depth of perception, uh, I achieved that uniform depth by incorporating uh, something called the one point perspective, which I'm eager to teach children since it is such a magical way uh, of achieving a vanishing point. There's a, there's a spread that's on pages 36 and 37 that I think are going to resonate with, particularly with any mother or any caregiver. And it is the page where I'm assuming it's the mother who has a very small child in her lap who obviously has a fever and she is trying to cool the fever. And the quotes in particular that felt meaning meaningful to me as a mother was, we wish two things for our children. The first is roots. The second is wings. Mm. I just found that particular quote so moving and all four quotes. And I don't, I, all, I don't want to read them all because you have to, people, you have to go and get this book. And, and mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Every, every single proverb is, it's going to have a meaning to you personally. Well, it has deep meaning for me as well, because I think that while each of us as a mom or as a dad, auntie, uncle, grandpa, grandma, want our children to understand where they have come from, who are their people, what is their particular family history and her story. But if we only give our children the grounding of who they are as the recipients of a lineage, and we don't allow them, or better put, we don't encourage them to move on in their own way, to find their passion, yes, to fly, then we really have not done well by our children. And that's the beauty in this proverb. It says that every child really has, I would say, the right, the responsibility to know his or her roots. But let that child soar, soar to the height of that child's possibilities. You did it again. Goosebumps. <laughs> oh, I do. I really love that spread. And I feel like that encompasses the for all ages part. And what a special spread for a caregiver, any grown-up that's reading to the children in their life to share that particular spread. I think I just, I love it. Well, thank you so much because that was really, I really enjoyed doing that in the details and I, I'm glad that it came across. Oh, 100% Nelda. 
It really did. So I want to go on a little bit of a tangent here because it's a question that I ask everybody that we talk to on this podcast. And it is to be a writer, they say that you need to be a reader first. So Nelda, let's start with you. Was there a pivotal moment in which you considered yourself a reader? Yes, actually, I remember we were in Tunisia and I was, I think, about nine years old. And I read my first big book and it was Lorna Dune. And I just couldn't put it down until I had read it from cover to cover. Uh, It was a riveting story that took place in the 18th century England. And when I look back at it it and I reread it, it's it's like, oh, there's a lot of difficult words over there. And I later read that the class class at Yale of 1907 voted that their favorite book. And yet I was nine years old at the time. And ever since I've been hooked on books and I, uh, I have to tell you a little story involving my father who was always reading a book or a newspaper. He grew up uh, in Boston and lived next door to his family physician, Dr. DeRico. My grandmother thought the world of Dr. DeRico and she asked him what advice he could give her to pass on to her son to be, a, to be successful in life. Uh, to this day, Dr. DeRico's advice, read, 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 still echoes in our family's lore. When we were in Afghanistan, I remember having uh, my friends come over to ask me to play and I'd ask, tell my mother, oh, tell them I'm busy because I'd be in the middle of another adventure. Books have always been very meaningful to me. Actually, this brings up an interesting question. And then I I want to ask the same question of you, Dr. Cole. But so there's a lot of talk about access to books and even we're very lucky here in the United States, but there are even people here in the United States that don't have access to books. So mm-hmm. I'm curious about between both of your travels, Nelda and Dr. Cole, can you talk to me a little bit about what you've seen with access to books, even from when you were a child, Nelda, and, and your school in, in different countries? What, what is that like getting access to children's books? Well, in my case, uh, I attended American community schools uh, wherever I went. And so we had, a, our, our libraries were always uh, a pretty full and uh, had most of, you know, the Nancy Drews and all the uh, uh, children's picture books that you would expect. Uh, But uh, we would also, uh, we would go to the local schools and we would actually uh, provide them with with books, give them books, and we'd collect them among our uh, various uh, families. And so it was a matter of sharing. But when we traveled to Niger in West Africa, uh, there were no American schools. I took correspondence courses through the Calvert system. Uh, I would do my studies in English at home in the afternoon, and in the morning, I would attend a local Nigerian school to learn French and uh, have friends my age. Uh, There were few books, and we learned by copying what the teacher wrote on the blackboard. The school did not have a library, but what I do recall was being introduced to Kamishiba storytelling, we would assemble outdoors and a teacher would stand behind a painted wooden frame that resembled the frame of a puppet theater. And he would slide into that frame an illustrated board and read the text from the back of the board. Rather than turn a page, he would slide in the next painted board and so on until the story ended. Uh, It was like watching slow motion TV. We all looked forward to Kamishiba 
what's funny about this is that I always thought Kanishiba was an African word and storytelling medium. It was only when a Chilean publisher bought the Spanish translation rights for Animal Village, one of my children's picture books, and asked in addition that I also provide a condensed version of the story for Kamishiba, artboards, that I learned Kamishiba was actually a Japanese word and storytelling concept, popular in post-war Japan when no one could afford or had access to children's books. I really do want to respond to your earlier question about discovering, discovering the possibility of being a writer because one had become a reader. I have many years of age on my dear sister friend, Nelda. And so I grew up as an African-American girl during those really, really, I'll use the term wretched days of legal racial discrimination in a town called Jacksonville in the state of Florida. And so I went to segregated schools. I had to sit on the back of the bus. I couldn't eat at the lunch counter in the Woolworths five and dime store. But there was something that my parents made sure that I could do. And that is whenever I wanted to, I could go to the library. Now, let me tell you the name of the library. It actually bore the name of my great grandfather, whose name was Abraham Lincoln Lewis. But the full name of the library was the, the A.L. Lewis Colored Library. But when I walked into that library, waiting for me after school was my Shiro, the librarian, one of my mother's dearest friends, Miss Olga Bradham. And she would have a stack of books waiting for me. And though I love chocolate ice cream and nothing was better than a chocolate ice cream cone, going into that library to get that stack of books was about as good as a, as a chocolate ice cream cone. Oh. That is how I traveled the world. That is how I saw that the very notion that some people are better than others is really a harmful notion. That is how I could dream about what I would do and what I would become. And something that was so important to me was that in the colored schools that I went to, we received the hand-me-down books when the white children were done with them and they got new books. And so the books in my, in my elementary school were all marked up and pages torn out. But in the library, Miss Olga Branham made sure that we respected our books 
After all, these books were our passports into the world and probably even more significantly into ourselves. Thank you so much for Miss Olga. I I wish I could, I want to hug her for mm. being the librarian for you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Dr. Cole. So I wanted to ask one more question of each of you. And that is, well, let's start with you, Nelda. What would you say it was that led you to create this book in, in the sense for children? Like why, why did this book have to be, it is for all ages, but specifically a picture book for children. Why, why did that feel important to you? Well, I think my motivation uh, in, in creating it is, is just to open hearts and minds uh, and, and to leave the, the reader with something to think about. Uh, my, my first thoughts uh, of becoming a, a, uh, of doing this was because I was an aunt uh, and I had nephews and nieces, and I thought this would be a great uh, introduction of Proverbs to them uh, and uh, to introduce them to, uh, to, to Africa and, uh, and what we had experienced over there. Dr. Cole, so as an anthropologist, well, both of you have a background in anthropology. You, you have some books that are nonfiction works for adults, but African Proverbs for All Ages is your first children's book. Uh, so do you, do you have any sentiments on how it was to create this book for children that you'd like to share? Well, I can just say I feel, I feel really so so privileged. It, it's, it's an honor for me to, to be able to do the very first children's book that I have ever been a part of and to do it with, to do it with Nelda. You know, for any of us who wish for a far better tomorrow than we have today, we've got to count on our children. They really are the only future that we have. And so while I've written books and edited books for, for academic and for general audiences, I am really, 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 really happy to be a part of this very first ever children's book. And I can't let us bring closure without lifting up gratitude to Miss Oprah Winfrey, who has given our children's book of Proverbs the first stamp for her book club that any children's book has ever received. And I do so by adding an African proverb. I don't think it's in our book, but the African proverb says, it does no harm to be grateful. In addition to being intensely grateful to Miss Winfrey, I know Nelda would join me in being really grateful to you, Bianca Schultz, for giving us this opportunity to talk about African proverbs for all ages. 
Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you both. And I cannot wait for all the readers, old and young, to get their hands on a copy of African Proverbs for All Ages, because it truly is going to spark imaginations all over the place. And hopefully kiddos and their grown-ups will find a way to apply these proverbs in their daily interactions. And so I am going to shine all of that amazing gratitude that you just sent my way right back at both of you. Thank you, Nelda and Dr. Cole. Thank you. And again, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this quest for growing readers. To see which author or illustrator guests we have coming up and how you can be on our podcast and have your questions answered by authors and illustrators, visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com forward slash the growing readers podcast if you like this show remember you can hear it on apple podcasts spotify chromecast or anywhere else you listen subscribe to the show to get new episodes as soon as they launch if you're enjoying our book chats please leave us a review and while you're at it tell a friend to come and have a listen the growing readers podcast is a production of the children's book review to discover more fantastic books for kids just like Dr. Cole and Nelda Latif's African Proverbs for All Ages. Yes, the first children's picture book to get the Oprah book stamp on it. I hope you'll visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com.